Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 5th of September, I'm not kidding you, honest to goodness, 5th of September 2019. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh, oh good, welcome to Webcology. Um, how you doing today, Dave? It, uh, you know what, as, as you know, because we kind of prep and send stories, uh, I'm feeling a little a little hectic today. It has been a crazy, crazy week in uh, in, in search. <laughs> it has. It's been a crazy week in search. It's been a crazy week on the web. Um, now, not a lot of like controversial stuff happening. It was like we had some fun controversy last few weeks. This is more of a uh, a work a workaday show. Um, so yeah, this is more like a. I don't know. I, I think it's a lot more about technique and just stuff that's happening more than like, oh my god, look at what they're doing. Except for that crap Google's doing with advertisements, eh? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, We've got good, we've got bad, but unfortunately there's just more BS coming out of there. But uh, yeah. Well, you know what? That's as good a place as any to start, uh, especially since we've like, kind of mentioned it. Um, so Google, sometimes in local ads, you can get like a local knowledge panel um, that let me give you uh, uh, information about like businesses. It might give you the map. It might give you a rundown of... Um, different businesses that are on the map. And one thing it didn't give you was uh, competitors in paid advertisements, but now it does. Uh, that's like, I don't know. That's just, that's just really sneaky. Yeah, that's just, no, I guess full disclosure for, for our listening audience, it's testing right now, right? And if, Testing. So I think first first test is uh, will users click on these carousels, right on this on this carousel of competitors when when somebody searches your your brand, and then second test is hey, uh, you know can we can we slip some ads in there? I I suspect you know we, we're guessing. I'm I'm guessing anyway. And it sounds like you are too. That yup, it's just a matter of time before some ads appear there, and. Uh, you hit the you hit the, the 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 sort of double side of things, right? Like a, we view things as marketers, and I I look at that and I go, well, that's just BS. Somebody searching brand, they should be you know they should be presented with that brand. And I'm sincerely hoping uh, the the click rate on that is so low that Google goes, okay, that's a failure. Turns out when people are looking for a brand, uh, they don't want the competitors of that brand. They're they're looking for that brand. Um, at the same time, you know, you me. Like, <laughs> We're all in, in business. So can I blame Google for giving it a go? Um, you know, I often try and keep my, my, my hat on and go, you know, that sort of like, okay, try and see both sides of this. They're, they're trying to make money. They've eked out, you know, sort of like maxed out with this current real estate. So they're trying to invent more real estate. Um, you know, it, it and it's might, theirs. It belongs to them. It, it is theirs. It, it belongs to them. Um, what I've I've concluded in my infinite wisdom on on the subject, which I've given thought to only because it's my you know my clients and myself, uh, is yeah yeah no it is BS. <laughs> it, 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 it actually is like yes it's their real estate, but the user's intent is to search for a brand. You should not be able to hijack my brand. 
to, to feed ads or, or even feed competitors for that say like even if it's organic competitors somebody has searched my brand it is my brand on your space yes it's your space but there, there's a, a specific intent of the user and there's a specific reward for building a brand people search for and 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 this is sort of a violation of of the quote-unquote trust i mean I, you know how much trust do we have in google but there, there just is a, a sort of inherent okay we're, we're sort of all all agreeing to certain contexts here we kind of had to make do with featured snippets and going you're stealing our content and you know serving it for free okay that that was one violation and then we can debate that one you know endlessly but but this one is just a no this is this is my brand the only reason people are searching it is because i put a lot of work into my brand and now now you're serving up competitors to them yeah it, it, it's it's not not the right thing to do i don't I, I understand the instinct, but they should have stopped, thought, you know, it hasn't been that long since we removed that don't be evil thing, right? Like maybe we should still pay attention to it because it, it kind of did okay. And, and this is just, it's just wrong. Okay. Well, uh, consumers or, or advertisers should know that um, if you if your competitor's ad shows up in the one box that you, or the knowledge box, you're featured in the panel you're, you're in, you cannot pay to get them removed. Um, so Google's not going to get like... Um, accused of extortion or anything. It's, it's not like it's putting it there to get you to pay them. Um, it'll be interesting, I think, to see uh, if, 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 if the existence of a competitor's ad steals clicks from the uh, businesses that, that are being featured in the, in the knowledge panel, but time will tell on that one, um, and time will tell if Google continues doing it. Uh, it just did it. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. It feels like BS. I mean, it's their property. It's their billboard space. They can do that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Scroogled. <laughs> you know what? And, 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 and sort of speaking of extortion, uh, this story I, I didn't have a chance to share it ahead of time, but it's over on, hey, we have to mention him. Barry Schwartz posted it over on SE Roundtable, uh, Basecamp, you know, the, the mm -hmm. communication managers or whatever you want yeah. to call it, um, has, has put out an ad. And it, it's funny, I'm looking at it right now um, where they, it actually is basecamp.com, the, the, the ad they have paste, uh, posted with the secondary title, we don't want to run this ad. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, uh, why? And, and their description is we're the number one result, but this site, meaning Google, uh, lets companies advertise against us using our brand. So here we are, a small independent company forced to pay ransom to a giant tech company. <laughs> like, okay, that's, that's ballsy, and Google's showing it, so there we are. <laughs> they are running other ads. Barry wasn't able to duplicate that when he showed other ones. I, I had, you know, of course, hit refresh and came in from different spots. Um, I couldn't produce the same one, but other people could. Um, and uh, it, I do find it a little, a little cheeky. I've run ads kind of like that, right? Like, I've actually run paid search ads for, for terms clients are ranking organically going. We also rank organically. Click that one, basically. I mean, I'm paraphrasing right but like you know you need to do that I'm much more effective back when there was a right bar set of ads and, and there isn't anymore but anyway um, I found that a little cheeky and we were speaking of uh, of ransom I, I don't actually have a problem with letting competitors bid on brand in that way because it is clear that it's an ad right so um, I, I don't actually have a big problem with it but I, I did find it some some fun on the part of base camp and uh, and a little bit of creative and you know just the the, the way they're describing it like yeah okay and we also rank right like it's a brand term so you know a user go all right well there it is if they haven't just already clicked because 
I found, you found, I'm sure, and, and most of our listeners have, if you're in paid search, when you actually start to look through the queries, when you're going, okay, we need to add some negatives, you're like, oh, you just did not even read my title and description because you are like totally out to, you know, it has nothing, my site has nothing to do with the query you were entering here, right? Like, <laughs> enhanced broad match bit me in the butt and I just paid five bucks or whatever to get a click for somebody who's looking for a game and I'm selling <laughs> something mm -hmm. completely irrelevant to that. But, uh, but anyway, there, there we are. And, uh, and it's a little fun from base camp, but um, yeah, where, where shall we, where should we go from here? We've got like, I'm looking through our stream of stories and I got like a million tabs open right now. Okay, where so would you let's, like to... let's get, let's process of elimination. Let's get rid of the ones that are easy first. Okay. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> okay. If uh, this is a webmaster story, um, if you're, uh, running a WordPress site, and no, as I think like 41% of you out there probably are running a WordPress site, mm -hmm. you might have a problem. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of plugins. This isn't like one or two uh, problems with patches. There's a bunch of them that uh, like hackers are using to, to, to gain backdoor access to your site. Some of the plugins include the coming soon page and maintenance mode, yellow pencil visual CSS style editor, blog designer, bold page builder, live chat with Facebook messenger, uh, user related posts, WP Live chat support, form lightbox, hybrid composer, and all former Nick Dark plugin plugins. Um, there's a list over at uh, Search Engine Journal. Uh, it was published yesterday. Go take a look. If you're running any of these plugins, you very likely want to update them, remove them, or um, look in their documentation to figure out what folks are doing about them. Indeed. Um, you know what? We're, we're on the subject of security. So I was just doing a, doing a, was actually a speed audit, but I look at, at you know, versions of PHP and stuff like that as, as sort of part and parcel of, of, you know, helping clients deal with speed issues. Um, and the client was on an outdated PHP version, no longer supported PHP version. So check your PHP versions. Oh, yeah. But uh, just as a, as a note coming forward, um, you're probably going, a lot of people when there was, you know, we had the big sort of purging of, uh, of the last batches, um, like 7.0 and, and I think 5.6 and stuff like that, that were all, uh, very early this year, sort of January 1st, they all became irrelevant, uh, or not supported from a, from a security standpoint. When I was making my recommendation on how to upgrade, and this is for, for everybody here, um, 7.2, which you may have upgraded to, um, is supported 7.1 is is no longer supported um, from active support but um their security support is going to be expiring in two months so just a, a heads up if you're heading into the holidays <laughs> and you would like to to make sure that your site is secure since we're talking about security um, you might want to take a look at your server see which versions of php you're on um because uh 7.1 security support ends on the first of december so uh, miserably timed for, uh, for, for the holiday. So something to just check off the list right now before we head into a season when it'll really matter. Hey, speaking of stuff that, um, that, 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 you know, should be updated and may stop being supported soon. Um, is Gutenberg on its way out? Have you heard anything about that? <laughs> I have not. I, I wouldn't mind, but I have not. <laughs> okay. I noticed this weirdness. I am. Um, you, you know how like, like, like you, um, get update notices for, for websites that you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I, I, you have old clients, and they forget to remove you as webmaster, so you, you still got access to their to their WordPress site. You totally totally forgot. Yep. So one of those guys, one of the, one of those old clients, I got a notice this morning that their WordPress had updated to this really weird four point nine point one 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 point one one version. 
I need to do skipping over into the 5.1 uh, Gutenberg area. So it occurred to me, if you didn't like update yourself and, and, and bring yourself into Gutenberg or get automatically put into there, WordPress is making updates that are non-Gutenberg updates, which led me to believe or led me to think, are they going to like dump Gutenberg eventually? And I, just, and I, just, I just ran into my head and I was wondering if you heard anything. I have not. And I, I mean, this is personal preference and it, it, in part and parcel is, is that, and we all kind of have it, like people have been around for, for as many years as, as you and I have and probably many of our listeners is that I don't like it because it's new and, and I just don't like it. <laughs> I like the old one. It was better. Um, like the old editor, which you can do, right? There's plugins mm -hmm. go back to the classic mm -hmm. editor. And I have that installed on many sites. Um, but I've yet to find a client who really enjoys it versus, versus say visual composer or, or one of the other, um, you know, sort of WYSIWYG block, you know, type, uh, type systems. I, I find it a little clunky. Um, so I, I usually just install the classic editor and work that way, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry and, and shed any tears if Gutenberg went away. You know, five years from now, everything's going to look like Minecraft and then guys like you and me are just toast. <laughs> Um, something interesting. We're we're talking about stories we can we can bang uh, bang through uh, pretty quickly here. Yeah, we um, have five minutes here before. Five I um, I have an article that's 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 coming out and it's on rendering. I like how do okay. render uh, render engines. And I was doing my my research into that, of course. And um, I guess for for our listening audience, there's there's a difference between crawling, indexing, and and rendering. Right? Like mm -hmm. these are these are actually different things. You know, what, cover it right now. Go for that. You may as well get that explanation in now that you mentioned it. Cool. Um, like if, if if Googlebot sends a crawler, it could be a rendering crawler, it could be a, an indexing crawler, but it could just be a discovery crawler, right? Like this is new. Come back later, right? Like mm -hmm. it just we're compiling a list of of things we need. I'm following all the links. That's what that bot does, and and, and there it is. It adds to the list. After that, um, you head into the indexing, right? So now it's it's crawling your site just to find out what's on it basically you know, cliff notes or, or, or simplistic sort of explanation of it would be they, it, whatever you see in view source that's what they're seeing assuming you have a, an html site or, or or a standard site we're not getting into yeah, javascript sites there um and then when you go over into um the actual rendering that's when it paints a picture of, of what your what your site will look like, right? They send a, a, a headless version of Chrome, which basically means it doesn't have a display. Heads in there, renders the page, creates a, a, a visual, although they're not looking at it, but sort of a visual aspect of it. This is what you would see in the, the mobile-friendly testing tool or you know, in, in Search Console when you're inspecting and then you're viewing your site. They're, they've rendered it to, to create that. So there's a, there's a, a time lag between crawling or indexing rather. So when, when the site's been indexing, there's a time lag for rendering. This is the, the problem with JavaScript sites. Yes, Googlebot can, or Google says they can read JavaScript, but there's still a delay between rendering. And until now it's been weeks. Like the, the, the last word I'd heard was it's, it, it can be weeks delayed. Um, so I asked Google and I asked Bing, is this still true? Right? Like, is it, is it weeks? Because this is a, a big problem. Well, it was really interesting. I, I asked on the first, I heard back from, from John Mueller on the second, um, and, and fun timing was, the, his, his answer was, we've been working on improving the latency for over a week now. So they're really, <laughs> okay. right now, working on... As short we speak. 
as we speak, um, Google's working on, on reducing that latency. Incredibly powerful. Um, it, like if they could get it to like minutes or, or, or seconds, that would be great. Hours uh, would be cool. Hours would be fine too, where, yeah, you wouldn't need these, these, the same pre-rendering you do with, with JavaScript sites if they are actually rendering it um, with that short of a, a time lag. Um, from Bing, um, it was, it's about the same. Uh, Frederick from, uh, from Bing um, had responded back going, it's basically the same, generally weeks, sometimes never, which I actually found interesting as well. Is That's a weird admission, eh? I, I know, but um, it, it made perfect sense because he put a bit of context to it going, basically, your site has, we all talk about crawl budget, it also has a rendering budget. Okay, so we've already seen this, nothing's changed. We've seen this, nothing's changed. We're not going to bother rendering it. Um, Or, you know what, this is a a really, really simple, static HTML site. We got this, right? Like, just we already understand how this structure is on a page. It's pretty simple styles, and then there's no JavaScript throwing weird stuff in or anything like that. It's just, we know what this is. We don't need to render it. We understand it already. Made great sense when uh, when he explained it. I didn't actually expect that answer. So there's your 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 sort of cliff notes on on why if you have like a JavaScript site or something, why it's important to still do pre-rendering even though Googlebot is evergreen and it's rendering. Right, they're using the current version of Chrome. Well, sometimes a couple weeks delay, but they're trying to shorten that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's why it's important. And Google is obviously very actively working on it this week. <laughs> so. And that, and actually, you know what? That is, that is cool. That's news. That's you sniffing out news. <laughs> you heard it here first on Webcology, Fred. <laughs> you, you, you did indeed. You'll hear it, I guess, at some point in the next, you know, few days over at Search Engine Journal as well. <laughs> those slow pokes <laughs> okay something you're going to hear frequently here at webmaster radio is the next series of commercials friends we got to take a commercial break here on webcology on behalf of dave davis from being talking internet marketing this is jim hedger from digital Ways media you're listening to webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 5th of september 2019 stick around we got more content coming up after these commercials Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. It passes before it's noticed a slight. Rising of the eyebrows. A widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart as a beat. Like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with Brian Massey and his guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedConsequencesPodcast.com and find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome back, back to WebmasterRadio.fm. You know the host Jim Hedger and Dave <laughs> Davies. Oh, that one again. Hey everyone, welcome back to uh, Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Uh, just letting you know, this show was webcast live to podcast and recorded to podcast on the fifth of September, twenty nineteen. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, remember when you were away a couple of weeks ago having all that fun riding bikes down hills, down yep. mountains? Yep. Uh, we, uh, we covered um, Rand Fishkin's uh, SparkToro uh, uh, SEO survey. Okay. That it was out and that, you know, he was, he was looking for responses. And we might have mentioned that the methodology was um, um, kind of um, unscientific. Mm-hmm. We, might, we might have said something like that. Um and stuff, and then don't forget, I, I, I'm Rand. I consider Rand a friend. Like I, I love you, Rand. I really do. Don't, don't get too pissed. Um, <laughs> his uh, the, uh, the 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 survey came out. It's 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 out there. Um, one thousand five hundred eighty four people in the field of SEO um took part in the survey. Did I did 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 you see a copy? I glanced at it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Quite honestly, dig too far in. Um, anything I missed? Well, I was busy biking. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I think most of it's common sense, and most of it's stuff that I, that um, SEOs would pretty much universally agree with. Um, mm-hmm. At least numbers like sixty-six point three percent agree that um, the weight of ranking factors vary widely depending on the query. Um, when asked uh, how do how do SEOs believe Google's algorithms weight ranking inputs, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, he looks at 26 different uh, r- different Google ranking factors and ranks them from one to 26, with relevance of overall page content and quality of linking sites and pages being the top two. And I guess like uh, external links on the page and keyword name, in, keyword in the domain name being the bottom two, and a whole bunch of stuff in between. Um, anyway, it's an interesting survey. It's worth reading. I don't think that there's anything. Um, there's nothing in here that's terribly surprising or over the top, or uh, that I think is is incredibly controversial. But it's worth looking at how other um, professionals, other other practitioners, you know, view what we do every day. Yeah, I mean, these these sorts of surveys, and and, and you're right. I, I actually need to like dig into it a little bit. Um, these sorts of surveys are good, and even if, and I, I I usually do read most of them, as I'm sure you do you and and most of our listeners. Um, 
And even if, or at least what I found is even if I get nothing out of it, even if I'm like, like I'm looking at the list, the, the 26 uh, ranking factors ranked and I'm looking through it and I'm like, yeah, but even if all you get is, yep, <laughs> then, then you actually gain something, right? As, and I think that's your point is, well, now you know, and, and sometimes something will throw you a little off and sometimes you might go, that's wrong. But as soon as you start thinking about the context, you're like, oh, okay, what was the user, you know, what were people trying to answer while they were doing that? Oh, okay, yeah, I can see, like, in this example, right, like, this would, this would be there. Um, you know, I can go, oh, okay, keywords in a domain name. I, I might actually put them a little, little higher um, than, than the bottom. Not because I think actually having your keywords in your domain name specifically is, is, is a ranking factor, but the anchors linking back to you are more likely to be included <laughs> because they're in your domain name, right? Those sorts of things. And it's like, okay, yeah, and no, I, I get what they're doing. And the, the actual sort of interpretation is, is having them there relevant. Like anchors aside and all that sort of thing, uh, is it relevant? So it, it is a really, really handy thing to do just to understand a little bit. And even if all you get is, you know, a confirmation that, oh yeah, right. Nothing's changed. Right. Or, or that's what I knew. Great. <laughs> now, you know, from like 1500 people, right. That, yeah, what you know is, is about right. So good for you. Um, I think the advantage of these things is that it makes us think it makes us debate. Um, my only problem with this particular survey was I felt that the questions were asked in a rather leading way, sort of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Don't you agree that right. sort of way? Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, I, 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 I find the outcome of stuff like this, the output of something like is useful. Um, even, <laughs> even if it confirms my own biases about what I think about SEO. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and you know, I, I, again, I think, I, I think most of the industry is, uh, aligned with each other and, and practicing, practicing SEO relatively within the same parameters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you don't, I don't see any wild out, outliers here where like, uh, there's a small group that are doing, we, we, you know, page sculpting or something strange that, that I think many of us wouldn't agree exists. Um, anyway, uh, sparktoro.com, uh, in, uh, in the blog, you'll find the results of the survey. And again, well worth looking at. Yep. I've added it to my bookmarks to make sure I, I revisit it after our, <laughs> after our show. Um, yeah, and, and thanks for bringing that, uh, you know, reminding me that that's a thing I should do. Um, yeah, as apologies to Rand uh, for not digesting the, the hard work that, that early. And, and these things are hard work, right? Like, you know it, I know it. Like, yeah, that's, that's a, lot of, a lot of cats that you need to herd to get, <laughs> to oh. get a data set that big. Um, so, yeah, well, well done. And, uh, yeah, the, the leading questions aside, you know, which, which is a problem. And, you know what, if nothing else, it's making us all think, yeah, when you're asking your customers for feedback, <laughs> don't lead well, to the answer unless you're now needing to show that to your boss, in which case you might want to. But that's, well, that's, and, and, and worth noting, uh, I'm the one who said leading questions. That, that was, that's my interpretation. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'm yeah, the one who said that. That's, that's also a very unscientific observation. I am not a statistician. <laughs> so we're all uh, just working on anecdotes here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. We are constantly on the look for signs that Google's doing something. Uh, mm -hmm. There's an update going on. There's a, 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 a new way of constructing the search engine result pages, whatever, right? Yeah. So whenever there's a spike in um, a 
a spike in crawl activity, uh, 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 people take notice. Um, especially people like Barry Schwartz over at uh, Search Engine Roundtable take oh, notice. Two times he so, got mentioned in the show so far. <laughs> he did. It's just, we're 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 aiming for record breaker breaking here. Um, okay, so there's uh, been a spike. I mean, and I've seen spikes. Uh, there's he's got he's got charts that other people have shared a webmaster world of spikes in uh, in Google in 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 crawl stats from uh, from Search Console. Um, what do you think of memes? Is Google up to something? You know, that's a great question. And I'm not sure in this one, because of course I saw that and I'm like, all right, in we go. Checked all of our clients. And, and this ranges it from little, yeah, little 20 page sites up to like publishers with, with thousands upon thousands of pages. Nothing, nothing out of the normal. Some of them moved up a little bit, but nothing substantial that I'm like, like what he's showing, right? Where, and I'm getting like, I it's not sure, you know, I can't hover over and see the exact lines, but <clears throat> like in some of the things he's showing, we're going from like 50,000 pages crawled per day up to like 300,000, right? Like these are, yes, that, that's the example he showed. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, I can go, oh, okay, yeah, a little spike, but you know, it, it, all of them were within the range of the ebb and flow of what happens over, you know, sort of a three month period of time. None of them spiked like that to, to actually skew the graph all of a sudden, make it show a wider array of numbers. So um, I didn't see it. I found that interesting, um, but it is something I'm keeping my eyes on because what I would find really interesting, if, if it turns out, if I do end up seeing a spike with a delay or something like that, um, I would find it interesting because we've, we've often talked going, going way, way back to sector specific things, right? Like, okay, they're like pummeling health sites. They're pummeling, right? Like with crawlers and okay, clearly there's going to be something going on in these sectors or, or they're looking for something in these sectors for, you know, eat or something like that, right? Like where, where they're, they're trying to learn something in one sector or something. So I am watching mine to sort of go, oh, okay, do they get to, because most of our clients are in tech and travel. Oh, okay. Do they get to tech and travel later <laughs> as opposed to, um, you know, whatever ones were, were being monitored and I don't know the specific domains <coughs> from webmaster, uh, the forums, but you know, it, it will be interesting and sort of telling, or do we just see a big update? Cause usually big crawls proceed a, a big update. Um, you know, it, it, it would be, it would be really, really interesting to sort of see that or are they just testing a, a new crawler? And for that, I'd actually, now I'm thinking of it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to like ping the folks at on crawl and go, Hey, <laughs> can you check out which crawlers are coming through on a large scale and, and just see if they're testing new crawlers or something like that? For me, and this might be this might be an old school thing, but for me, large crawls usually tell, usually indicate something's going to happen with links. Mm. Whenever they're hitting everyone's page, and I, but 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 you're saying you're not seeing a lot of that activity. I've seen about fifty fifty. Um, some there's some sites there's an increase in uh, in crawl activity, and in other sites not so much. Um, but for me, that's always been an indicator. If, if, if Google's having to recrawl its index, it's looking for specific things. And, and more often than not, that's link analysis in, in my mind. Yeah. No, and it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? So interesting. If, if, when's the last, when was the last like major link analysis update that we are like, we're aware of that wouldn't have been a Panda. No, uh, you know, at nine, honestly not. Sure. When that I mean, it was, been. it was that long ago. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um. I I can't remember, 
but I'm old. So, you know, I, forget all <laughs> that. I don't even know what day of the week it is these days. So just a recalculation of, uh, yeah, what's going on. Um, that, that actually, and that's, that's some interesting insight. So we may see all of those, those little sensors that we all use, you know, whether it's, I don't know, what do you, what do you use for, for sensors? I usually use rush, right. As my, or SEM rush as, as my like, okay, go and check that sensor. If you're right, you know, within the next week or two, we should see the sensors going nuts. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Okay. We have time for one more story before we got to take another break. Um, this is what I thought was kind of neat. Um, and I'm, I'm curious what the trigger on this is. Okay. Okay. So we've been, we've been talking about, um, Google, um, moving to a mobile first stance. It's mm-hmm. going to be, um, as I understand it and, and my understanding incidentally, I know now is a little, is a little off. Um, as I report this story, we'll see how, um, as I understood it, Google was moving over to the uh, mobile index and it was going to check all sites. And if a site was mobile friendly, then it would always be um, spidered by uh, as if it was being crawled or rendered in, in the mobile environment. Mm-hmm. Some pages are still being crawled or rendered as desktop. Yeah. And um, I can't figure out why. I don't understand why. I have a hunch, a suspicion as to why that would be. And I, am I right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Um, but if I was Google and I have a site, I don't know, your site, my site, I don't know, B2B site, for example, right? Like B2B sites tend to get most of our traffic. I'll speak for you. I don't know if it's true because I don't have your analytics, but um, most of our clients come off desktop. There's, there's not They're a lot of things sure. sitting yeah, on there on their like, mobile they might be reading articles on sej or in our blog or whatever but they're not engaging with us there if they only sent if you told if you told affiliate marketing dave <laughs> going going back in time to when i didn't really pay much attention to the guidelines or i did only to know how big a violation i was doing if you told affiliate marketing dave oh desktop isn't ever coming through anymore well then okay i'll just serve different content <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to stop me from now going, Oh, all right. I can put whatever firing out on, on the desktop because only mobile's coming through. So I suspect, I mean, there may be some like quality control. Let's make sure crap isn't going sideways here. So we're every now and then we're going to look at desktop. My instinct though, is it'd be really, really easy to cloak if they only sent through the one, because I would just show whatever I want to the desktop and, and it could be different. So I could, I could serve different content to mobile and desktop bots so it may just be a, we're just going to compare the two, right? And make sure that they're more or less the same, right? And in, in the content and, and in the, the user intent being satisfied. Um, that's, that's just my guess, but it is an interesting sort of, you know, revelation on, on their part to come and go, yeah, we're still sending that through. Why? Who knows? So I have my suspicions, but uh, what do you think? So here's John Mueller's explanations. Um, it's too late. I already said I was going to give John's explanations. I can't give what I think anymore um, <laughs> because I've already read what John said. Um, okay, so um, Mueller says that uh, uh, we crawl both primarily. We, we crawl both primarily to understand the relationship between desktop and mobile versions. And he goes on to say we render pages with both desktop and mobile user agents. Usually, it's something like a two or three to one split. 
So it's like two thirds mobile, one third desktop. I'm just, he's, he's just giving an average. He says, this, this isn't like the numbers aren't fixed. It's just what he commonly sees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this way they, they, they get a sense of um, how the mobile, the mobile um, index is developing, um, how it is seeing things in relation to what desktop uh, was seeing. And um, I bet you this gives Google insight into how websites or uh, web pages or sites or templates or whatever are changing um, as we get further and further and further into the small screen, into the world of small screen. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a natural progression. I mean, like, like um, productivity demands that our computing units get smaller and smaller and smaller all the time, eh? So, yeah. Um, and, and and remember that Google also has Google's. Uh, I, I believe that Google's mobile first stance is actually a voice search stance, a precursor to voice search. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. Um, I think Google has to get a really good sense of how how to say this. You know when uh, you start a, a new SEO project, you get all your baselines recorded first so that you have a really good sense of what your prog- your progress was and you can, you can demonstrate it to your client later? Yeah. Google's got to do that with its own progress as it moves through the transition from um, an old way of looking at stuff to desktop universe to the newer uh, uh, universes, the uh, uh, mobile and and voice search universes. Uh, eventually, voice search is going to lead to like these massive screens on our walls, right? Which will change everything again. Right now, all so, of a sudden, we'll be back to larger than desktop mode. <laughs> indeed, yes, yeah, super desktop, super desktop rendering, <laughs> um, jumbotron rendering. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought that was kind of a neat story, and definitely, definitely worth uh, worth worth looking at. Indeed, indeed, anything to, to do with crawling and rendering is always interesting. Indeed, um, we're about to, uh, to 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 we're going to run out of stories if we're not careful. Um, <laughs> and in the meantime, we'll just all of a sudden we'll 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 find out real fast that. Uh, Something new happened. It's okay. We'll never run out of stories. Barry will say something there. Third time in two commercial. <laughs> little, little, little concerned with running out of stories in the next fifteen minutes. Um, if we want to, if, if, like I'll, I'll happy to, to to take us in a in a direction here um, into a a area I'm I'm super interested in because this is I'm just like okay this is awesome. Um, update for those involved with Google Ads. Um, they, they had announced it um, and, and sort of touched on it a week ago. It's, it's now rolled out um, where they're adding in seasonality bid adjustments. This is fantastic. I, I love it. Um, so what it enables users to do is set a, a specific time frame, Black Friday, right? For example, like just the timing lends itself to, to that being an example. Um, so you can tootle around with it now and, and get ready for it, but to create a bid adjustment. Now, it doesn't have to be seasonal. It could be just related to a sale you're running or, or whatever, uh, but enabling you to in advance go, okay, during this time frame, increase or decrease my bid based on what my expected CPA is going to be, right? So if all of a sudden you're expecting your, your cost per acquisition to go up or down or, or you're expecting some change and you're willing to just like grab a big chunk of the market or whatever, um, you can then go in and go, oh, okay, during my sale, I want to increase all my bids by 10% or whatever it might be. Um, 
And you no longer have to do that sort of manually and it's available for search and display campaigns. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, at least this is what I'm looking forward to it for is um, some of the display campaigns and the remarketing campaigns and going, okay, we want to really hit brand, right? We've got a client and travel and most of their bookings come in during the, the holiday gap. It's, it's interesting because they actually are booking for summer, but as families get together, they start planning what to do that summer together, family reunions, things like that. And so their, their big bookings come in, um, you know, during, during this holiday gap and, and through early January. So hitting them up, hitting those people up with remarketing um, a little more aggressively than we might have during that specific time frame. Yes, we could do it. You can go in and do it manually, but this sort of just lightens the load a little bit and lets you sort of put things on autopilot, especially during times if you're managing your own campaign, like it's, it's fine for us where we're an agency working for a client when they're busy, I'm average for the most part, right? Like my, my day isn't any different just because they're having a spike in, in calls, right? It doesn't impact me. <laughs> they're busy now. Um, so I think for business owners who, you know, are having to also answer the calls and, and deal with all the other things that are involved with a, with a busy season, they're managing the sale and making sure the warehouse is getting stuff out. They can prep right now and we keep talking about the holidays and Google is too. They can prep right now for what's going to happen then and just put that on autopilot and know that it's taken care of so they can focus on making sure their business is, is functioning properly. Um, well, again, and, and, and again, this is triggered by AI trying to figure out cost per acquisition. So um, uh, 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 it's not like the, 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 the merchant or the advertiser is going to get caught flat footed. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and then we can. I, I know we got to take a break, and I'm, I was about to like head go headlong into into AI because there was some interesting studies done. But maybe <laughs> we'll come back to those uh, when we come back can. because there was some research done into which parts of Google's recommendations and, and AI um, are actually impacting your bottom line. Um, and I, I found the the results very very interesting. I very much want to get back get into that, but we and we'll have to do that in a few moments because first we got to take a break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedron, Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on the fifth uh, of September, 2019. Stick around. More Webcology coming up after these messages. tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Joy, Edwidge Dentica, Taya Obrecht, Julie Oranger, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. It's the 9th of September, 20, 2019. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from B-Side Internet Marketing. Dave, you got maybe like five minutes. You want to get into AI and how... Um, how Google's using AI to like 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 trigger different advertisements? Yeah, well, it's 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 funny. It's it's a slightly different tangent, but a, a study was done, and I, I wish the guy's name was George, uh, but his name is Steve Costanza. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. George, uh, George's smarter, younger brother. <laughs> definitely smarter. This guy, he knows his stuff. Um, anyway, from over at uh, at Sidecar, wrote a wrote an interesting piece for Search Engine Land. Um, and what they were doing and, and what they studied was they audited Google ad recommendations for, for, for folks who, who anybody who's, who's been in, involved in Google ads should pay attention to the recommendations. Um, but what he did across a, a variety of clients is analyze the effectiveness of paying attention to these recommendations. So Google says to do this, what happens when you do? Um, and I found that <laughs> the results match almost exactly what I found, but that was more anecdotal. I'm like, okay, for this client, this went horribly wrong. <laughs> and then for this client, it went well. Um, and what they found, if you, if you listen to all of Google's ad recommendations, and there's a, there's a big caveat coming in, so if you're, if you're involved in ads, you might not know this, this exists, and so pay attention. Um, what they ended up finding was that the automated bid recommendations uh, were not always good. Right. So that, that you can pay attention. Google's got a big, big, big push on them. Like if you go into your like partner center, they're like, move to automated bidding and you'll get points. Okay. Pay attention to your clients, folks. <laughs> Don't move to automated bidding just because you can get, you know, an extra cardboard or, or work your way up. <laughs> like, you know, you got to make money for your clients here. Set and forget uh, is going to get you. Set and forget is, is, is really going to get you. Um, so the automated bidding they were finding actually was lackluster in a lot of cases. Not, not to say automated bidding is bad. I've had campaigns where it works like gangbusters. I've had camp like, and, 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 and exploded their, their CPA. I mean this in a good way. So it didn't explode it, like make the CPA bigger. It, it really dropped that CPA down um, by going maximize conversions or, or something like that. Um, but in, in a lot of cases, you know, maximize clicks. When you're going for brand, I don't care. Just maximize my clicks. It's brand. <laughs> I just want to be seen as much as possible. Um, you know, whereas, um, a lot of their recommendations, um, related to ads, right. It, it, it's like a second set of eyes. And this absolutely makes sense when we think about it is, 
when they're going, hey, create new ads here, you've got, and I had the, the alert just yesterday on a campaign, um, where they were like, okay, there's, there's less than two. They want to see two ads running so they can show the best. There's less than two ads running right now in some of your ad groups. Fix that. Great recommendation. Now I was using the responsive, so I actually had, it was a missed target. <laughs> I've actually got a bunch of different ads running as one ad because it's, it's, it's responsive, but they, they didn't know that. So again, pay attention with your eyes, but mm-hmm. those sorts of recommendations are great. Um, you know, related to like extensions, call out extensions, those sorts of things they found were great, very helpful and almost globally impacted in a client. Um, whereas when you, you know, looking at their, their specific bidding adjustments, they didn't. Now, something that they talked about here, um, and I highly suggest, uh, check your campaign if you're running it and make sure this feature is turned off. Um, they will auto apply their suggestions after 14 days. They'll give you this suggestion and then they auto apply it because oh, Google. Really? Yeah. Um, That's nice of them. every campaign I run, I've turned that feature off and you can do it at an account level. So folks, if you want any type of control, like if you're like just literally walking away from, from your campaign, I don't know why you're doing that, but I, I guess their suggestions are as good as doing nothing. Um, not always, but, but some of them will be, but um, you can actually opt out of it. And if you just put opt out Google ads, like I've, I've got the URL in front of me, but, but it's a long one. Um, it'll be the number one result and, and you can just go into your account, opt out of it so that it's never auto applying these changes. I highly recommend it. Just make sure that you're a couple times a week. And I do for our clients a couple times a week, you're going in. I always do look at the recommendations. Some of them I dismiss. Some of them I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good point, right? <laughs> and, then, and maybe I should pay attention to that. And some of it we just can't do right now, but I leave it up there as like, okay, I can't, can't get to this. So adding seller ratings or something. It's like, yeah, we're working on it. We don't have enough reviews yet. So get that sorted out. <laughs> don't stop telling me about it. You should see that I don't have enough reviews for that right now. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing to know. It's a good read for anybody involved in, in Google Ads. Um, it's over at, uh, at search engine land and, uh, yeah, some, some, some good advice on which parts to really pay attention to and which parts to really think about. Um, as I say, the, the automated bidding, it's not, even though like they're talking about it and going, this isn't always good. Do pay attention. It's not always good. Um, you know, I've got a new campaign. We're just moving over and I'm testing one of the, one of the campaigns, right? I'm going, oh, okay, what happens when we move that one over? Because all the campaigns are selling similar products, just different brands of them. So, okay, if it works in one, then we'll, we'll expand that. Or even if it's just a lateral, I'll expand that um, and, and test it out in different ones. Um, but I have had campaigns where it just, it's, it's horrible. Um, it goes horribly. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and, and the CPA explodes, but in a bad way. Um, and, and where Google just doesn't understand as, as well as, as I do when I'm looking through the ads and comparing year over year. I found their um, automated bidding, and take this for just, like anecdotal because this is only over, you know, probably 10 campaigns that, that, that apply here, but, or 10 accounts that apply here. But I found that when you hit big seasonal shifts where, you know, a, a client is you're really specific and during this, you know, couple month period, this is where their sales are. And then, and then they're completely different in other ones. They're making sales, but they're just different in the, the way the users are behaving. Their, their automated systems, their AI doesn't, quite keep up with understanding that things have just shifted, right? It's like it's mid-October and everything shifts. That's with, the, with one of the clients. It's, everything shifts in mid-October. They're not good at catching up. 
But I, as a human, know, and I'll look back to last year and go, okay, what happened? Okay, now what, what do I need to adjust to, to make sure to, to, to facilitate that? Um, you know, in their case, I've just set up some rules and gone, all right, adjust their bids down because they're going to exhaust their budget. <laughs> so adjust their bids down um, on the 15th of October, and then, you know, I, I get an alert, and, and, and we'll go from there. So um, anyway, interesting uh, interesting study, and uh, for folks that haven't turned off auto-apply, uh, well, now you know to do that because it's a very, very dangerous thing. Okay, we got time for one more really, really quick story. Um, it's, 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 I'm not mentioning it just so people, mostly what people will go take a look. It's over in Search Engine Journal. Um, you ever wonder where canonicals come from and how Google sets them? <laughs> it's important that, that webmasters know this. There are um, at least four, sometimes like six to eight different ways a URL can be presented to Google. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the difference between HTTPS and HTTP, www, non-www. Uh, with or without the end slash, etc. So, how does Google choose which uh, 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 URL is the primary URL in its index? And you got to make sure that you know you're um, when you're you know you're, you're making links and you're you're doing your internal link structure and stuff that you're you know linking to that canonical primary URL. Yep. Well, I don't got time to explain. I'm afraid we've got to get off the air in about a second. But if you go to Search Engine Journal. There is a great piece um, put up by Matt Southern about uh, 18 hours ago. Google's John Mueller explains how canonical URLs are chosen. Um, there's a whole bunch of different signal information in this article, way worth reading. And um, I would put this up on the required reading list for all newer, for all SEOs, because this is the kind of technical information you gotta know to do the job. Okay, and that's it. That's the exit music. Um, I wish we could have gone through the story because I, I, I love these kinds of stories. But on behalf of Dave Davies from uh, Beeslog Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Notorious Media. You have been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This show was webcast live to podcast on September 9th, uh, sorry, September 5th, 2019. Stick around, webmasterradio.fm. Great content coming up after the news. Thank you so much to our tour engineer, Brasco, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.